Welcome back to Buckle up, baby. Hit it, Shades. I'm calling you Shades. <laughs> Michael always wears sunglasses on the remote podcast for Buckle Up, episode 51. We passed 50 episodes. Yeah. yeah. 51. <sighs> guest lists are lining up. Excited announcements coming up in the next few weeks. Uh, exciting guests. A new era. A new era. For, for sure. Yeah. Um, we are going remote this week because whatever. Who knows? The week got away from us. It got but away from us. Good Only to set up. Big, big content meeting. <laughs> and he could not uh, visit. Uh-huh. You're, you're like a Russian. <laughs> I don't know. Russian is really. <laughs> um, big content meeting. Um, but I, I think we should get our Riverside game up because it would allow access to a lot more guests, which uh, some people are all over the country and the world. So, yeah. This is good. The, the in person, though, is so important. I, I agree. Ideally, yeah. but if you could still get somebody like this, uh, well, yeah, certain people, yeah. right? We're not going to say no to. We we got someone on the line who we might do uh, Riverside with. Yeah, yeah. Until we can Very fly exciting. him out, and we'll get that budget one day where we can fly our guests yeah. out wherever. Um, be we cool. will do or we that. Can fly out. Yeah, we got Scaramucci coming up next week. <laughs> do we? <laughs> he's doing. He's doing every. If you're Jewish and you have a podcast, he's doing it. Why is he working the Jewish ones? I did see him on Mislabeled. Which was um, listen, I'm, I'm I'm on Long Island. I know the Mo- I know the Malax guys didn't get the vaccine, but you know, you know, my family, I gotta protect my family. You know, I was watching the. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna do that. Like I, I was caught up in the whole charade of the whole thing. You know, and it's just like no. <laughs> He's cool as hell. I gotta say, he was probably like an asshole until two years ago, but he um he thinks real... so. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure he was. He was just a, a, a miserable person to know until recently. <laughs> you but said you wanted humbled. to hate him. But you like I wanted to hate him. I wanted to hate him so much. But then I was listening to him. He's like, he's like, he, yeah, yeah. I mean, he talked about Trump because the hosts were clearly like, I don't know about, I don't know about Zach, but for sure the other one is like, is like five towns Jewish, like Trump guy. The, the <laughs> whole the whole project is really fascinating to me. They're they're like, the whole like underbelly of Orthodox Judaism that like likes. Trump is a symptom. It's like they like the lifestyle. They like what Trump represents. Whether it's him or someone else, they want to be that thing. And like it's 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 like it's like a podcast for like them to like curate guests and tastes and perspectives. Well, it's they, fascinating to me. I like listening. They represent They're, also a, a sector of like modern Orthodox cultural Judaism, which is it's very not modern Orthodox. It's not. Modern I'm sorry. Orthodox. I'm sorry. Well. No, it, it in a sense it's it's people who are engaged with the world. They know about culture and movies and stuff like that. But it's but not they don't come from our backgrounds. They don't no, it's more yeshivish, yeah, as you would call it's it. Different. But what it's I mean different. is, it's very it's religious. It's right wing. It's traditional. It's right wing yeah. politically. And what they like about Trump is that refreshing sense of humor that is Trump. Trump is a kiddish guy to them, who's at the kiddish club cracking everybody up. Like they like that personality that is Trump. More it's than ideology. It. It's part of it. But then also Scaramucci had a, he had an interesting line where he was like, he said something and 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 and, and he's, he's like, no, that's that's in the Torah. You guys know the Torah, right? And and, and they said something like, no, 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 that's not in the Torah. It, it was something like they they're they're so like on on uh, unfamiliar with like the the more like profound, like universal kind of moral. The conservative, like the conservative Jewish stuff. 
No, no, no. I don't mean to, like like no like the stuff that like Judaism, Buddhism, and Christianity, and like er, like and Islam er, with the things everything has in common about like the human condition. Yeah, they know they're, like they're Rashi so and Tosfos. That exactly. <laughs> so that minutia was, was like actually like, talking, and and they were like they were like didn't they didn't get what he was trying to say mm-hmm. um, on like a religious level, which which is I'm just like I'm fascinated by it. I like right. listening, but but he himself was like he was basically like you know like I shouldn't have taken the job with Trump. My wife left me because of it, and really? she was right. Yeah, she yeah, and, and and he was like, she was right. I was an asshole. It's acting like an asshole. I like I put our family, you know, I got our family in trouble. I got myself in trouble. I shouldn't have done it. It was all ego, and like you know, I went on my hands and knees and begged her to take me back, and eventually she did. <laughs> Whoa! I great. got. I, I didn't and, watch the and, episode. Yeah, and and they were defending Trump, and like eventually he's like he's like yeah, but you know what what it, what you can say about Trump? The host was like, what you can say about Trump is at least he's not he he is not bought by anybody, right? And Scarborough, she's like, what the fuck are you talking about? He's like, he's bought by Putin. Why is he kissing his ass like that? Of course he's bought. He's bought by a million different people, like including Putin. And 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 but, but I mean, you can't argue with Scaramucci. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's he's just like. I think what you're saying is, I didn't watch the episode, but like, they were expecting to get certain reactions out of him, like agreeableness. And he was like, "Guys, I know what you're saying. I bought into it too, and you're wrong." And like, it's not a guy exactly. who's a Trump who was a never Trumper because he's a former Trumper. So yeah. it's like, oh shoot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm suspicious of. I'm, but everybody has now. He might have a reverse agenda too. So you have to always wonder. True, but either way, I, I I really enjoyed what he was saying. So the reason yeah. he did it, if I had if I had to guess, yeah. I would say the host has been DMing him for years, hmm. just like fanboying. He said that and now. Well, he he said he mentioned like yeah, I sent you a DM two years ago. You never responded. It was like a funny moment. But now Scaramucci is uh, has his own <laughs> podcast about nice. books. Okay. Um, he likes books, <laughs> so he's talking about books. And so, so I guess he's like he he may have some kind of obligation to do a certain amount of podcasts, or he's uh-huh. like, I'll give these guys forty five minutes if I get another hundred listeners. You know, I don't know. great. All right, well, Why maybe not? we'll go after the mooch. I I, I think that would be an interesting conversation. You seem very, in, you know, in, 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 enthralled with him. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not enthralled with him. I'm just I'm just surprised. I'm I'm kind of delighted by it. Yeah, I was I I, was, I wanted to listen and be like, these guys are the worst. There, we're nothing like them. We're better than them, et cetera. Oh, et cetera. you wanted to like, listen oh. to this podcast? You're saying I wanted to hate Scaramucci and I wanted to hate the mislabeled guys. I wanted to hate the whole thing, but I was like, you know what? I really, this is great. I like, I like everybody. Interesting. Um, and I like the mislabeled guys. I, I like them before that also. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah. anyway, but you were testing um, yourself to see if you could hate it, and you couldn't. And I couldn't. <laughs> I such couldn't. A weird I liked way of going about things. Um, I. All right. Well, maybe maybe he'll come on us too. Uh, I want to I want to go after a few people in the political world too, as things are getting pretty heated. I did oh, a yeah, Trump bit. I did a Trump bit on stage. I was very happy with. I clinched an impression I hadn't had yet of Trump, um, which was satisfying for me, and it was mm-hmm. the teleprompter Trump. <clears throat> teleprompter Trump. It's very hard for me to say on stage. I have to get that right. I was working on this thing where I noticed in a lot of Trump impressions, it's very like spastic. Great guy, I love this guy, fantastic guy, blah blah, you know, terrific, terrific. But I could never like integrate that Trump into my, like you know, every the cool, the weirdest thing about Trump impressions is, um, like everyone's got a different take and an angle. It's mm-hmm. not like a, it's not like every Trump impression is a copycat of the previous one. Like there's the Alex Baldwin one, if you remember. Um, there's a, there's a guy online, Matt Friend, who does one, this, he's disgusting, he's a dog, you know, he does his own version, everyone's got their versions, and then I, 
created a developed one called Teleprompter Trump, where it's like a lot more sensual and slow because lately Trump's been rolling out these like uh, um, like clips of him like addressing the camera directly, where it's like uh, we are gonna do amazing things for America. When I become president again in 2024, we will issue an executive order recognizing two genders, biological men and biological women, beautiful women. There's so many, but like, you know, the teleprompter, where it's much more straight and very sensual for, for America. Um, I know that's all besides the point, but uh, I wanted to share it with you because it was a sh satisfying moment for me. Good. Biological <laughs> men and biological women. And Tyler, you know, Tyler Fisher has one too. They're yeah. rapists. So it's sort of that because it's the speech Trump. It's not like Trump being all like, okay, okay, right. okie dokie. You know, go ahead. Get it out. It's, it's boring, Trump. What? Yes. Is it boring, We have Trump? been, <laughs> the radical left have captured the United States. We're not going to let that happen. <laughs> um, He's going to take everyone down with him this time. You think so? Like, he's, yeah. He's taking the whole ship down. Ray Kump has a, has a really great line, great analysis of it. Ray Kump mm -hmm. is Tim Dillon's kind of best friend. And, and like when him and Tim Dillon do Patreon episodes together, uh -huh. it's just, oh, it's, it's a magic. It's, magic. it's beautiful. He, he, his, his analysis of Trump is like the, the only rule that Trump has is never be boring. Mm -hmm. that's, that's the only thing. He's like, once Trump is boring, the whole thing is over. Uh -huh. um, and he's been boring. And it, and it, it is boring, and he's been boring, and like, and it's gonna continue to be boring, and he's not gonna win. And when that I think that's he's underestimating. Whatever. It, yeah, Again, I think, I think that's yet an no. I think it's an underestimating. No. When I saw the clips of Trump mm -hmm. that directly said, "We are gonna issue an executive order banning the teaching of critical race," like he's clearly calculated going after and, and right, going after right. all the things. Well, that's him that, trying, right? What? Right, that's him trying. Yeah, yeah, right. So, but and he, you're like, he, oh, oh yeah. Last couple of months, he's been boring. I'd say. But he's also the Trump he's just, show. Like, he's willing. Yeah, he's be. willing to say things in such in ways that a lot of other politicians sort of dance around. Like there are well, two genders, so folks. Sorry, biological men and biological women. This is disgusting. We will. He was talking about banning gender affirming care. Now, like in the United States, making it illegal for doctors to. Like there's been these. There's been all this like in the Twitterverse and stuff. People talking about how. There's all this medical practice and crimes against uh, trans kids, kids being brought to doctors, and they're, you know, cutting them up and giving them uh, top surgery at 15 and cutting off their breasts and doing all these, all these horrible things. And everyone, even and and most sensible people, are pretty appalled by it when they see that. You know, sort of like what you know, like uh, the libs of TikTok sphere puts out there. You're kind of just like the average person is left, right, or whatever. Is just like whoa. And then Trump comes out and says, like, this is disgusting. Like, just says it. Yeah. And it makes you a, it makes you sort of go, it kind of is. And so it, it, what it does, yeah. what he positions himself to do is, like, even though he's crazy and off the wall and all these things, like, I don't disagree with that. So yeah, well, to, it, he it, has it great for them. So he, he knows how to do that where he says to people, where he can create allies amongst people who would otherwise find him pretty disagreeable or say, like, yeah, I'm not going to, I, I couldn't support him. But you know what? If he's going to be the guy speaking out against what I think is, is a, a pretty terrible thing yeah. um, and say well, it out he, loud, you know, and yeah. he's not afraid to say it out loud. It makes you, it makes you just sort of align yourself at least with, with, with the person who's on that side of things. Um, 
know what I'm saying? I, it happened in 2020 and 2016 too, where you'd be like, "Look, yeah, I don't, I don't agree with all these things Trump says, but all the things that the Democrats and the left wing are starting to like capitulate to, I, I think are much worse. Are, are like really bad, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, he can figure out an issue that people, that most common sense people can get can get behind. He, he right. gets what hits the nerve and what doesn't. And if, if yeah. Democrats were smart, they would do the same thing. They would say, yeah, this is this this is awful, as opposed to trying right. to be so hyper-inclusive that they're tolerating nonsensical things, you know? Right, right. Like right. men have periods. Yeah, so that, um, yeah, men have periods. Men don't have periods. They never do. Like... <laughs> It's this guy, it's this guy, you know, like right. he'll well, say that, things that, like that. That's him not being boring for sure. Correct. And then you see a yeah. Tampax ad where it says men have periods and you're like, okay, this might be not just a Republican conspiracy. This is a real Tampax ad that says men have periods. Men can have men, men can give birth. And you're just like, that's kind of Orwellian to me. It's like, what? Yeah. I mean, well, that, I don't, that's all like a calculated for profit move, you know, like the, the motives the might be they, bad. But it, yeah. it, you know it's 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 categorically untrue, and you're forced to be a sheep and say yes, yes, they can, knowing it's not true. I find that to be the peer, the social I, I feel, peer pressure of, of people like that doing moment, that. That moment, so I I don't know. I, I'm not really involved in like in, in like universities or like workplaces yeah. or anything. But like I feel like that moment's very over. No. Of, of, of like the 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 woke thing is like I feel like it's ending. You don't spend enough time on like if you spend enough time on right wing Twitter and you see kind of what's been going on. That's not real life. I don't know if it is or not, but the in mainstream, dude, 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 there's like speech codes, speech, dude. There's speech codes in companies of like uh, HR departments that have been infiltrated a lot by woke ideology explaining. That we don't say, like, but, t- you know, shoot your shot is not appropriate. It's too violent but, language. But I'm, I'm saying that was even several months ago. Like, I just read an article on Axios that, that, like, that, like, corporations have not, are not weighing in on social issues. Like, it's, it's down, like, 90%. There, there's a coalition of CEOs whose purpose is to like weigh in publicly on social issues and like right. not be afraid of difficult conversations. And they are also not weighing in on social issues anymore. It's like, it doesn't, because, because the market is so down, yeah. it doesn't make, no one has the the wherewithal to, to take that kind of risk. And uh-huh. so people aren't speaking out anymore. Cause like, cause, cause like, so they realize maybe, no one really cares. maybe corporate is laying off corporate America is laying off of it, but in the culture and in academia, like but, but that, there's something going around Disney of, plus right now. Disney plus is a sh- what's that? The, the, the corporate response is just a, a reflection of like popular opinion. They just want to do what's popular. What's hundred percent plus. There's a thing that I saw that's that like literally in the past 24 hour cycle of the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a show on Disney plus called the proud family. Um, I don't know much about it. Uh, I think it's an app. Proud Boys? No, it's the opposite. I think it's a black family. And there's a clip of this show. I haven't never watched the show. I don't know anything about it. There's a clip of of uh, going around of the kids put together a play. And it's basically like critical race theory, Black Lives Matter chanting. Slaves built this country. Slaves built this country. And that's why, because we are still systematically oppressed. And this is a kid's cartoon. Yeah, and you're watching here's it like, a, and you're like, thing, yes. Here's the thing: you you went from like a few hundred Twitter followers to four thousand Twitter followers, and your mind has been rotted. Yeah, you, you oh. got to get off. You got to get off Twitter. You're spending way too much time on Twitter. Oh, is that what you think is happening? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah, Michael. the Disney Plus thing doesn't exist off off of Twitter. Michael, 
Does Disney Plus have a show with this scene in it? But no one cares off of Twitter. It's not. It's not. It's not a, a, a major. It's not a major thing. Well, can we talk about the fact that my Twitter following has been really growing? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm happy. For, I'm happy for. No, everybody. you think it's, it's a Twitter rotten cesspool thing. I do. But that I, is always I, the I really cultural. But, but look, these things always sneak up on societies. You're like, where did all this come from? Right, there right, is right. things that go on in the culture that people aren't paying attention to in their everyday lives. Who cares? And then you're like, oh, my God, all of a sudden you're Venezuela. No, but, no, but, 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 but to the other point is like if you spend all your time on Twitter, you could think that saying there's only two genders is like, is like super radical. When, when like, but, but what Trump realizes is like, there's only a few million people on Twitter and then there's another 395 million people in the country and all of them don't think, they think it's pretty, it's pretty rad when I say there's, there's only two genders. There's a very, very tiny amount of people who are going to go insane from that and talk Mm -hmm. to each other about it on Twitter, but everybody else thinks it's common sense and like, and that's what he's good at of like, he'll go to these rallies and realize, oh, this is what people want to hear. This is but what you want to hear. I get that, but in at the real same life, in real life, they, he wants to hear. It. They want to hear build a wall in real life. Yes, you know? but there, but there, but there's always a sliver that can have disproportionate impact on the society at large. And there, yeah, yeah, but, especially but, but, but when that sliver, especially when that sliver is seeking positions of power, which they are, political positions. It's short, of power. It's short lived. I think the whole woke thing is like short lived. Like it, it, it had its moment, and now it's waning. I think Marxism had its moment, and it ended up slaughtering millions of people. I mean, you could say that about political movements and where they stem from, and it's just usually a, stems from a, a sliver of intellectuals in the society that wish to reimagine the society in this utopian vision in Maoist China, in uh, Pol Pot's Cambodia, they had these intellectual ideologies that were developed by a sliver of people that the average person cared nothing about, but was systematically imposed on the society that led to the vision. I, I don't think there's as much imp- like jump from Twitter to real life as, as Twitter wants you to think there is. I think it stays on Twitter for the most part. Well, we'll see who survives. Um, I understand, <laughs> but I'm just saying that, uh, you start to see it everywhere. It's not just Twitter. You start to see it in, in, in all art, in all culture, in, in Disney movies. It's not like Twitter itself, but, you know, everything. Like Disney, as a, which has massive cultural impact on children, on, on, on society. It's not just within Twitter that these are clips. Like, you start to see, um, you know. But, the, but in your, your, you start your to see the influence. Did your kids watch that? You would you wouldn't know about it if it wasn't on Twitter. Would no, you know I, about I, that show. I I, I there are shows family? and stuff that I have to watch out for now, like because I don't feel comfortable with, the kid, with my kids just like stumbling upon it and watching. Yeah. It. I have to like monitor it a lot more closely. I mean, I, I don't know how your kids don't watch that. They probably watch different stuff, but like, no, I have to watch out for things because I don't want my kids. They being only hyper. watch my content. I don't want my kids exposed to like just any kind of sexualized content yet. That's gonna like, you know, I don't want that. I don't want, I mean, I'll have that conversation in time, but like this stuff is prematurely getting there. So I have to, yeah. I have to be, keep a close run. I think you disproportionately think it's just Twitter and I might be exact, like might be disproportionately thinking it's everywhere. So mm-hmm. I think the truth is somewhere in between. Like it's, it's obviously exacerbated by Twitter. And I think it's a bigger, it's, it's a bigger issue than it is because Twitter mm-hmm. is sort of the like noisiest theater of it all that makes you think, Oh my God, this is everywhere. But How I much time have you been spending on it lately? 
Not too bad. Not too bad. Listen, my Prince Harry videos are doing well on Twitter, so I check. And it's gotten more fun. Like, it's gotten more like TikTok early days. Like, there's a For You page now where it's like giving mm -hmm. you stuff. Um, it's interesting for news, and it's a different experience than the other ones. It's a much more social of the media platforms. People really share and whatever. Um, it's, yeah. it, it, I, I never liked Twitter for years. I'm like, I don't even know what to do here. It's just a mess. Mm -hmm. But I hear you. It has its, it has its risk of Twitter capture that yeah. will uh, whatever. Anyway, Spirit. I'm just pointing you, out that I don't even know what I'm what I was saying. What was the point? I don't know. Cruiser topics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A year ago. Oh, we saying that was, Trump knows what to say, basically. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, Trump knows what to say. Yeah, yeah. So a year a year ago, um, the Super Bowl is coming up this week. I'm just thinking FTX. FTX was advertising with Larry David and and uh, yeah. Matt Damon at the Super Bowl last year, yeah. And like all the crypto, crypto media was like, yeah, you know, you don't think crypto is here to stay? Well, you know, they just own the Super Bowl. What do you think of that? You know, a year later, it's like that company's like. Oh, it's it's so delicious. You love it. It's, there's something so delicious about it. It's so that company is just is bankrupt. Um, but then this year at the Super Bowl, Logan Paul's company Prime is having they have a Super Bowl ad scheduled, mm -hmm. and they're going to be the first creator led business to ever have a Super Bowl ad. His Prime Energy Drink, um, which I think is something. Mm -hmm. I'm really excited to see it. I want to see well, what he came up with. Yeah, the creator economy is much more real and tangible than the crypto thing ever was. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it it's always like been here to stay and like he's, moment. And he just signed a deal with uh, UFC to be the official right. drink of the UFC. And he's like really yeah. an entrepreneur in that way. Um Did and you he, see that uh that yeah. uh that like uh leap he did Yes, in the WWE. Yes, it's outstanding. Oh my! You can say whatever you want about the guy. That was awesome. <laughs> that he's a professional wrestler. He's so athletic. My yeah. God. Yeah, that leap was. Oh my cool. God! Well, and you know, right we'll before put a that link was in the show notes. It was one of the. It was amazing. Right before that happened. I was like, oh, is Logan Paul like going down again? Like, you know, people, he's getting this flack for this thing. It's like, is he going to, you know, he goes like up and down in terms of how he's received by the public. Then he gets yeah. up there and he does the wrestling thing. Everyone's like, okay, he's got something. Like, that was crazy. Yeah, Coffee, Coffeezilla saw that and just, and just shut his laptop. He's yeah, like, I can't he's just like, with that. I still haven't watched his coverage of it. He also did something on Grant Cardone, that guy I talked about, Coffeezilla. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and the reason I know that maybe Coffeezilla's onto something and I haven't watched any of it was that Grant Cardone made a response video to him. He's like, you're a loser. You don't know what you're talking about. Maybe people like you should just shut up. And I'm like, okay, maybe he, he struck a nerve. Because <laughs> yes. people otherwise, if he was a busy billionaire, he wouldn't respond. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, so I'm like suspect when somebody does that. I imitated yeah. one guy once and he immediately DM'd me, by the way, my stuff is truth. I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, the Logan Paul thing, that was an, that was an incredible move. From two sides yeah. of the thing, they collided. Yeah, yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. I want to know everything about. Oh, it. they rehearse it all. Practice. Yeah, of I'm course. Sure. Sure. And there's all these cool things you see in wrestling where they like go for moves. They signal to each other what's going to happen. You know. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, yeah, that was quite something. Yeah, so I'm excited to see this commercial. Um. I mean, these people yeah, are more culturally I mean, relevant than anything else. They're the new center of culture, I think. 
I well, mean, yeah, but it, well, it's interesting because I until I started doing the podcast with you, I wouldn't, I wasn't aware of it. Um, mm-hmm. I wasn't aware of it, so it, it's cool. I mean, you know, the whole country is going to be aware of who Logan Paul is. I still, I'm, I'm sure seven out of ten Americans have no idea who Logan Paul, Logan Paul is. Like kids do, teenagers do, but like anyone under the age of thirty probably doesn't know. Under the age of thirty, over the age Some of thirty. You yeah, yeah. anyone over the age of 30 who's not, like, plugged in knows who Logan Paul is. Right. Like, but by the same the token, is, like, exists. by the same exact token, anyone under the age of 30 doesn't know who the Oscar nominees are. <laughs> right. It's it's really, yeah, it's really interesting. It's like, yeah. The and, and, of, but the thing is, yeah. the people over 30 don't know either <laughs> who the Oscar yeah. nominees are. So yeah. every, no one, okay, by the same token, no one knows who the legacy people are. Twitter not, does. What I'm, you know, it's like you couldn't name any of that stuff. None of that's culturally relevant, which is kind of funny. Well, that's a great example of what Twitter is. It's like the same group of people talking to the same group of people. It's like the, these Oscar nominations are just are, are made made by the same people for the same people. They're right. just talking to each other and everyone else is tuning out. Yeah. You know, the the, the Logan Paul universe is tuning out and. And, and and meanwhile, they're building, you know, possibly billion dollar business. Like he'll 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 sell this he'll sell this drink at some point for a few hundred million dollars. Yeah, that that was a weird moment. You just waved a passing in front of the screen. Oh, sorry. <laughs> this is what I've been playing. This uh, we had guests oh. here and they left okay. us here. You're like, uh, so you're playing with a, a guest pacifier. You're I just gonna give this it with fentanyl, and then and then I just suck on it all night. You're just gonna give it back to them. Here you go. Oh yeah, we washed it. Um, speaking of the center of culture and creator economy the mr beast um you know scandal that's going around this past week is the most is so mm-hmm. weird um let's and tell we the folks what happened before anyone else what happened so- <laughs> sorry what happened <laughs> that would be a great scene in a movie a like mob boss badass guy who everyone's scared of but he has a passy that's what they call him and then, him. And then you ask him, him like what happens yeah. well his parents never got rid of it he's like tell me something <laughs> You come into my office asking me to kill a man. At what price? And he puts a pass, you know? I actually never, you know, I never, I'm around pacifiers all the time. I never, like, try it. I'm, I think I'm, like, afraid to try it. What would and you'll get hooked? I don't know. It's it's a weird, isn't that a weird thing? Like, I'm really, like. I will say just any grown man with around. a beard twiddling a passy is, like, a pedophile's, <laughs> a pedophile's profile. <laughs> that. That is just creepy as shit. Um, Mr. Beast, I'd say the most successful YouTuber in the world, the biggest YouTuber in the world, mm-hmm. uh, a YouTube expert, has always made repeated viral videos, got a lot of pushback and flack this week because he, last week, I guess, because he made a video and he makes these big grand videos with insane production quality, tons of time and investment put in in which he cured a thousand people's blindness by paying for their surgery. Apparently there's a certain type of blindness, cataracts blindness, that blinds people, and with a 10-minute procedure it can be fixed. And he's put a lot of energy recently into philanthropy and philanthropic content, where he goes out and does these big, you know, uh, spectacles of paying for somebody's, you know, whatever it may be, medical bills, you know, whatever it is. In this case, he paid for their surgery, and... 
by the end of the video, a thousand people could see again because of him. And he made it into a whole video. And he does this kind of thing with all sorts of things. He recreated Squid Games, but like a friendly, fun version of it, but recreated it with the real set and everything. He, he did a contest in one video where everyone had to stay in a circle, like this big, long, big circle. And the last person to stay in went, wins $100,000. Then he goes to Walmart and he says, do you want the mystery box? Do you want to double the amount and give it to somebody else? And like, it's, he's giving money away, doing all these things. And he has some haters out there or whatever for people who think he makes these like he makes like addicting content for kids. I don't know. But I'm I'm kind of a fan. I don't watch too much of his stuff, but just as somebody who's really discovered this new platform and whatever, we've talked about him on the podcast before. But for some reason, this video triggered a crazy negative response from lots of people that it was exploitive, that it was like very icky at what he did, taking people's medical conditions and making content out of it. And I found the whole th the whole negative pushback to be really weird and confusing. Mm. What's your take? I just heard him. Um, I just watched a video that said like it was like twelve minutes of Mr. Beast spitting absolute genius or something. So I watched it. Was it was and it Lex Fridman or was it a compilation of different? No, it was things? a compilation of different interviews. It was it was like three different interviews he did just yeah. cut together. And I was just like, whatever. He kind of talks like this. Yeah. One of the things he was saying was like he's like when you come up with a thumbnail. It has, it, it can't be like, he, like, here's a cool idea. It has to be like the best, you know, the best idea you've ever heard. He's like, it has to be so fucking good that there's no way you can't click on this link. And he's like, Un until you get that group of words together, like, like, like you cannot live without seeing this video. Like then, then you don't, you don't have your title yet. He's like, it has to be like, I cannot go on living until I click on this link. That, that was like his, like. Is like teaching. It's like if they don't um, click so, the video, if they don't click the thumbnail, they don't watch the video. Exactly, exactly. It's, and, and, then, and then he said he comes up with thumb, thumbnails before he comes up with videos. So I was thinking as you said that, he probably thought to himself like, you know, it would be awesome if I cured 100 people of blindness. And then his, his next thought was, no, 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 no. It sounds a way better if it's 1,000 people. A thousand people. And, and and that difference of like, I could cure a hundred people or I could cure a thousand. And the, the only reason you're curing an extra 900 people is because it sounds better. Right. There, there's something icky about that. Mm -hmm. There's something icky about, like, you, I mean, you, you intuitively understand why that's an icky, um, that that's an icky principle to be living by. You know, like, let me cure 900 more people of blindness because it's going to be fucking awesome in the title. I see. So it's you're icky. identifying and you're clarifying for me why people rubs people the wrong way. I think the, the, the argument I heard was more like uh, people are upset because why does he have to cure people of blindness? Shouldn't the government be doing it, et cetera, et cetera. But I don't really think that's what gets under people's skin. I think they, they intuit that that we're, we're kind of living in a weird society when that's when those are the, or, the driving or maybe aren't but maybe aren't they simply projecting the fact that they're not doing shit about anything but he is so the fact that he goes out and actually takes the amount of effort it takes to actually do this and goes out and does something proactive that's really positive and good and philanthropic makes other people feel bad about their own lack of commitment to those things. So, so instead, it's easier to blame other people and say, F you, because you're making me not feel good by watching you do something good. You're making me feel bad yeah. that I don't do anything that good in my life. It's it could be a part of it, too. Right. I, I actually hear what you're saying. You're, you've identified why it feels a little icky because he's probably like, I want to do this. His motivations aren't pure. 
His intent, his act, his his results are good. His intentions are bad. Yeah. You're identifying it, with people. It's like, like his intentions are. Question. This will be a great video. Um, it's an age old question. Like, do the ends justify the means? Does it matter why he wants to do it? Do you it? think a, the, the, the person the day, who got his surgery was like, "Ugh, did you really only make this for a thumbnail? You know what? Make me blind again." <laughs> right. Yeah. So that was your video. My video was my video was was the parody of like it's all about content for him because. What if I made him blind again, and then gave him a sight again, yeah, and then he right. just keeps picking so, the guy so blind? I, I, we I, I thought your video should have ended with, and then we're gonna keep him blind, like, like, because, because in the end, it's really not about helping anyone; it's just about the content. Well, like, I did if, say if that. If he ends, yeah, I did. I, I think at the end of it, I don't know if it was clear. I said if we could keep this going, we could keep this going. Yeah, yeah, Another, right, right, right. Yeah. That was my I idea. That. The idea was. We're just gonna keep doing this, and then yeah, we're gonna give yeah. him hundred thousand dollars and take it away, and hundred thousand, yeah. and then take it away. My yeah. it ended with the same point you made. It ended with him punching him in the face. Stop! Yeah. And he blinds him again. It was, so I, it was I, a I, great video. I loved it. It was a great I was video. proud of it. It was very yeah. hard to edit yeah. simulating Mr. Beast because yeah. I was like, it was a very good learning experience for me. I'm like, let me parody Mr. Beast. And I'm like, man. And I had to go to v.io and do tax cap captions and constant moving backgrounds. I'm like, I had to pay attention. I'm like, my God, Mr. Beast videos is drugs for the masses in a way like he doesn't. There's never a non-stimulating moment. And that's why he wins the game. You better, I had to pay attention to the cuts and stuff and see how to get this to feel like a Mr. Beast video. That's pretty and cool. And the camera's always moving, slightly zooming. The way he talks, wow. And then it slows down for a second and then paces back. And when it zooms wow. in, it goes out of focus, in of focus. Yeah. There's almost never a moment where not something is in motion and keeping you in. And yeah. that's why you keep watching the video and his retention time is so good. That's a great practice. I, there are screenwriters who will like, they'll write word for word another another movie. Mm -hmm. they'll, they'll watch it and, and, and or rewrite a screenplay just to be right. like, oh, this is how this writer did this. Right. For a content creator to recreate a Mr. Beast video to be like, oh, this yeah, is yeah. how, yeah. This so how I, good it has to be. Wow. So I was saying how I, when I was looking at and examining it, I, I've been watching Mr. Beast stuff, not for his, like, just to be entertained in any way, but like to study it. Cause he's like, study me, study how I do it. That's how I did it. I, like, it's all here. So I'm trying to like learn from his techniques. Um, yeah. For better or worse. But I'm like, I'm trying to learn for how he retains attention so well. And like, when you do a parody of it, you're watching captions then the music changes then it goes back then it changes and what people also don't like is how adhd it is it's all very playing to the modern attention span mm -hmm. but like he also his 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 videos always have an arc it's a three-part act it follows that same structure set set up and then there's always a there's always a he often has like a time clock clicking like now it's at 58 100 people 200 people so you're not satisfied yet until you get to a thousand like mm -hmm. it'll be a thousand at the end but there's always like a clock like a uh Whatchamacallit, number counter. Yeah. So it's so, constantly taking you in and deeper and deeper into it. And in watching that, I was like, you know, I made, I, I couldn't really do it because I don't have the wherewithal to do it. So I was just making like green screens that were moving behind me. And I made it funny. I was having women dancing on boats for no reason. And if you watch the video again that I did, which is only one minute long, at some point I took a clip from women dancing on a yacht. <laughs> just for no reason. For no reason. And then. <laughs> and then nurses I took from TikTok dancing. Thank you. I thought it, it was, was really it was didn't, very good. It didn't I, go I, viral. I really yeah. Well, who <laughs> knows? I, yeah, who, who knows? knows? And a lot of people, it. one of the, the funniest thing was like, I, I'm fortunate that I get a lot of positive comments on mine, but a lot of people were like, nah, this was a miss, dude. This sucked. Like, they hated it. <laughs> mm. 
fascinating, right? Well, because your fans are stupid, also. Right, right. That's what you think. You have to remember that. Um, well, so what our friend, <laughs> what our friend would say yes. is, although he is ultimately doing a lot of good for mm-hmm. people, like he's drawing from a place of that's that's kind of evil, mm-hmm. and like ultimately those those things don't end in good in in good places i find evil so, to be such a such a well, low, such an exaggerated word evil how could you be doing so much good drawing from well, evil you could be drawing from like a it's self-serving good. self-serving it's not good yeah selfish a selfish place yeah i don't know i don't know more, to go out there to the world and be doing good things and and drawing and like also wanting to like also look look how it's not like the way he lives is very he lives very meekly he lives very humbly and he constantly is just reinvesting into making more videos. Like I don't, I don't, I don't he doesn't have fancy things. That he's I don't think that's a proof though about anything. If if he if he did it for you, how would you feel? If 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 he cured your blindness, and you were in this video, no, but but really think about it for a second. Yeah. Would you would it would it be an uncomplicated feeling of gratitude or would it be a little bit? Like, well, I would turn the question right I'll over take to you. It. If I had yeah. no resources to cure my blindness and he cured my blindness, sure, you can use me in the video. Right, yeah, but, 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 but it's, not, it's not the same as someone doing a chesed, a, a, a kindness for you. It's not the same. I don't know if I agree. I don't think so. Yeah, I'd be okay. like, you cure my blindness and you should get nothing for it. You should get no benefit for it. You should get no recognition. You should get nothing. Why is that better? Let's examine the it's, morality of it's this. Not, it's, it's not like a beautiful human... It's not a beautiful moment between hu- two humans where one gives gives of himself to the other. Or, or someone tries to help and then is then in turn helped by being uh, able yeah, to but help these are the, These are a thousand strangers to him, to Jimmy, to Mr. Beast. If it was his like son or his brother family member who he has a vested interest in curing their blindness because he has personal care for them in a way that he doesn't for strangers... I could see your argument, like, oh, you you really need this for your video, but it's, it's, these are a thousand strangers, and the fact that people are outraged by something so pretty clearly good, I think it's pretty obvious that all these people curing people's blindness, going out there doing a good deed, and yes, yeah, so he gets something out of it. Like, shouldn't he? Shouldn't he be rewarded for the good deed? Maybe these people, maybe God didn't want these people to see. You're terrible. Shouldn't he get something for it? I mean, shouldn't he be rewarded with the accolade and the praise and the gra- and a viral video? It's a small price to pay for people who didn't pay for their blindness to be cured. It's true, true, but 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 I don't think we can categorize it as like charity. I think it's something else. It's a transaction. It's a tra- he involves himself in a transaction. Maybe, and, and, but and who every, cares as far as benefited? Sure, right. And, but, but, and then, but then, then that isn't that a win-win? Why is charity better? I guess I'm it's playing tra- that was It's a transaction. Transactions can are win win. That's is that's it, how they is, work. Isn't transaction preferable to charity? In in a capitalistic model. In all sure. in all situations. If we both win, isn't it better than if you just win? There's a different benefit to each party um, in a charitable uh, uh, interaction than uh, than a transaction. I'm just There's, saying, why is he, one more person benefits differently? Uh, uh, why is it superior? I don't. I'm not saying it's superior. I'm just saying it's it's not charity. Maybe, but I'm just saying, yeah. why is that? We're talking now also good and bad. You use the word evil. Why is before. it better? I, th- I think it's more. Uh, it's more wholesome and fulfilling. It, it, like, can can society uh, can society survive just based on charitable interactions? Probably not. But no. like transactions are necessary. 
but but not but just necessary. You, they might life, be. I'm going full in. Life is only transaction. We know. I mean, you've met people whose entire lives are only transaction. They're not. They're not nice people to be around. Transaction is a new transaction has to be transaction transactional. Well, but it right. is whether you like it or not. It is. No, no. In other I, words, I'm going. I'm going full <laughs> and rand on you for a minute, just to, for the sake yeah. of argument, because it's fun. Think about it. Everything you have in life, even between like uh, friendships, is transactional in the sense of it's not always money, but the currency might be other things like mutual benefit. Let's I say mutual I, benefit. I, yeah, mutual. Yeah, but when 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 something has to benefit me, in every single. Um, in every single uh, state or, or instance, right? Or or it doesn't work for me. No, my friendships aren't like that. I'll, yeah, I'll deal. I'll deal with friends that are obnoxious be, because because they're my friends, not because it works for me. Yeah, I mean, you, you on, on, like a, them. on a certain level, it does. On a certain level, it does. But it's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. It might not be as clear cut, but in most and, and let's use names and let's use names. In most circumstances, <laughs> you wouldn't be friends with someone uh, out of the goodness of your heart. Because they needed a friend, you would be friends with them because they do something for you. Um, yeah, but but not in every single instance, and or, or maybe maybe fr- friends. And that's not maybe, really a friendship. It's not really a good relationship if you're purely maybe, sacrificial. I think I think it's important to not have like the best relationships. I I, I think it keeps you like it keeps you. Uh, that may be. I, I understand that, but what I'm saying is that. Having mutual benefit is the ideal. That everybody, that both people benefit from this relationship is is definitely optimal. In a marriage, in a friendship, both people benefit. Maybe not equally in every instance in the same thing, but overall, both people get get a, so, get so, a lot out of it and are in it for themselves. In 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 a very deep way, like you're in it because it it adds to your life. So what does it mean to give? Hmm? What does it mean to so what does it mean to give? What does it mean to give? Hmm. What does it mean to give? It, you want to see the other person thrive because it gives you joy. So you give. You shouldn't be giving to someone and, and you suffer. It's probably not optimal. It's probably yeah, best. suffer, but, but sacrifice. Well, so what does it mean to sacrifice? It, to, this is full Ayn Rand philosophy at you that I'm like, that I'm like channeling. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm saying no, sac- yeah, yeah, sacrifice. Whole- so sacrifice would mean you do something in which you suffer for someone else. And you don't get anything out of it. I'm not sure if that's moral. Wouldn't it be yeah, best to give to somebody? Not, not in her, not in her, uh, but in she, her philosophy. she died alone and poor. And she was married. He just died first. Relax. She stabbed herself in the heart, didn't she? No. Oh. I know. You're going to go. You don't have to troll <laughs> Mama Rand here. I'm just saying it's yeah. an interesting no, point, yeah, right? right? Yeah, yeah. People right. were like, well, what that, about that, relationships? Don't the... we sacrifice relationships? She said, most certainly not. You don't sacrifice in relationships. You, you want to see your, you, you love, your, you have love. Imagine if you told a, a, a spouse, by the way, I don't, my relationship here, our marriage, I get nothing out of it. I get no benefit out of it. I'm, I'm here for you. Like, I know you get a lot out of it, so I'm like putting myself through it. It does nothing for me. How would that feel to that spouse? It would feel awful. Yeah, right. That wouldn't feel, feel noble. Yeah, she would. She made the same argument. I'm not saying I'm on board for all of it, and I get it. Yeah, but I'm yeah, just yeah, saying yeah. I found it compelling to be like, oh, one should live for themselves in the, in the deepest sense, not in a yeah. trivial, be selfish and like, and uh, not to be selfish in a way where you're deceive, deceptive for other people, and you and you are transactional in the way you're talking about, where you're like mm-hmm. always, you're not thinking long term, but. When you're not thinking long term and you're just transactional in that sense, you're not really living for yourself because you're not f- 
forming real relationships that are beneficial to you in the long term. Long term self-interest is a different idea really than fleeting temporary selfishness. And the point is, mm -hmm. in Mr. Beast's case, for him to gain something out of it, whether it's money, like all the doctors, if they, ha if they were paid by him, that's a good thing. They were yeah. paid for their time and their skill and their ability to heal these people. They won something. The, the people who were suffering were alleviated. Mr. Beast, yeah. for all of his efforts and time in building up his channel and this platform to get to this point, should get some recognition for it. Beautiful. The profit motive works, folks. <laughs> and I'm just saying that's all beautiful to me. Yeah. Not in the purest sense, but I could see why that why why isn't that preferable than if he showed up and did it and got nothing for it. Why is that why why are we sacrificing Mr. Beast for it? And why not? It's not it, like why? you would get nothing for it. He just wouldn't he wouldn't get um would like he get? money. He wouldn't get he he would he would get a sense of of feeling good about himself, he would get a respect, Maybe, but, he would but, get but um, if I, elevated, he would get status, he just wouldn't he, get money. Would he if, get if status? He cured, if, 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 if you read an article that said, I don't know if you knew this, but Mr. Beast cured a thousand people of blindness two weeks ago out, out of his own pocket. He, he, yeah. he would get a lot. He would get I a understand. lot. So, but he and, wouldn't get a so Rand, would, Rand would argue that if he got nothing for it and purely sacrificed, that that wouldn't be moral. I'm not. I'm not saying that's a philosophical yeah, argument. Yeah, I'm not a philosopher. So, so, so I, I think this is the question that's lighting up social yeah, media. Like yeah. this is this is what people are arguing. I think about. it's that yeah. plus the idea that they're projecting their own complete lack of effort in helping people. Right, right, right. Because you're all you're you're not getting anything, and you're also not doing anything. Anyone. Yeah, exactly. You're not so out there like, saying, "Hey, I do. Right, I can blindness right. all the time, and nobody knows." <laughs> Fuck this right. guy. No, right, you're right, just right. not doing anything. And For also, sure. when that guy Hassan Piker sure. said. Like Hassan, the streamer, was like, I, I'm just so outraged when I watch this video, like that the fact that we put this surgery behind a paywall and that these people c can't get this surgery. And it's like, it's just weird that private philanthropy, <laughs> private philanthropy turns off left wingers so much, but government doing it doesn't. In other words, people willingly, willingly giving you know, their own money to pay for somebody is so offensive as opposed to yeah. the government taking from people and then redistributing it to pay for people. For some reason, that's morally palatable. Finds, I find that strange. Because yeah. it's like, it's always easier to say somebody else should do this. To me, that's kind of moral, moral cowardice to say, oh, this needs to get done. This problem needs to be solved and paid for by someone else, for sure. Like it's Hassan very was blind before Mr. B secured him. <laughs> You saw, is that the clip you're talking about of him saying I'm filled with outrage? I haven't seen it. I don't even know who he is. <laughs> In other words, isn't that funny that um, it's always easier to say we should do something with someone else's money? It's so easy to say that. It's mm -hmm. so not courageous. And it's so fault, like, you know, virtue signally to say, like, this needs to be fixed. Poverty, it has to be. I'm not going to do anything about it. Someone else should, though. <laughs> and I would support yeah. that. I mean, yeah. call your bluff, you know? Yeah. So capitalism. Yeah, we'd, we'd all, we'd probably all be. A little bit better off in some capacity if if Mr. Beast was helping everyone for for profit. For profit, you know, yeah. I, I don't. I think like I think people like to like. It's not great, but we. But I. I yeah. It, it'd be so. Ultimately, where do you side? I'm, I'm Team Beast. You know that. Where are you at? I I I think I fall on at the end of the day. It's better these people can see now, but. <laughs> 
when you say it like that, it's so obvious. <laughs> the fact that but, it's even a question. But there, it's probably some, better that they can see now. But there's something like there's something also to to the to the dignity of of the dignity that they were kind of stripped of that that may be more like that that may be worth they may be worse off for than not being able to see like right i, I think maybe you think they were know. stripped of dignity when they were bumping into things probably <laughs> with all due respect it must no, be a less dignified life to not see what's in front of you well than, well that's shitty that they have to choose between two indignities bumping into things and and being and being exploited for uh, for views I think there is it something sucks. inherent. You're right. That's something people find icky about the idea that some that people are in it are self are inherently selfish and like self serving and want something for themselves. And what Anne Rand talks about is like no 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 like that's that's not just okay to tolerate. That's moral. As long as you're not violating somebody else's rights and you're living for yourself, you're at your yeah. you're achieving your highest moral good. Because in doing so, you assuming you're not exploiting other people and exploiting in the real true illegal sense forcing them to do something against their will and all of that then the only option you have left is to pursue your own self-interest and your own values and without using force or coercion in doing so you're going to produce value for other people by serving yourself because your only option if you take coercion out of the equation like force out of the equation within society because she that was one thing that is part of Ayn Rand's philosophy and objectivist philosophy that has to be eliminated because in order for man to be able to think and use reason, he can, he has to be free of coercion from other people. And therefore, so what would she say though about someone? You are, aren't you aren't you coerced at a certain point if you're blind? Like, do you really have such a a choice to like turn down an operation to be able to see again if you're blind? Isn't isn't that a form of coercion? A coercion has to involve one person against another, not nature against a person. Um, like one's natural environment, punishing them or uh, horrible circumstances of birth and stuff like that is not coercion. I mean, there are sad realities in life, and there, her argument is in those rare circumstances, because a lot of her morality she acknowledges is based on the standard at first is, I'm talking about like the average, like, person who is born healthy and able like well, that's that that is the man the ideal man we're talking about because that's because otherwise we can't base morality on like the rare exceptions to those cases where like people who really cannot do anything for themselves or are born in horrible circumstances like that first we have to start somewhere and base the morality on that if we base it in the inverse it all falls apart mm -hmm. i'm just trying to try my best to encapsulate what she talks about but in cases like that where someone's born with a disability or gets into a horrible accident, what do you do in those cases? And her argument would be you rely on private charity, which is a little ironic because you like talk about she talks about selfishness, the virtue of selfishness, but then relies on private charity. But no, like for people who are of good, who are who are goodwilled and it serves them and it benefits them to see other people, you know, heal or do well or whatever, you rely mm -hmm. on you know, private charity for those circumstances. And that's few, That's very rare. In most cases, in, in, in life, if we're talking about life, in most cases, people have a, uh, the ability, people have basic abilities to, you know, find ways to function and contribute and do things and produce, you know. Um, and in those circumstances where they don't, you know, family, like your first circles of people who care about you, family, friends, community, mm -hmm. and then 
private charity and stuff like that. It's not foolproof to me, but like that's the answer she would give in those cases. Because it's not coercion. If if you go blind, it's not. There's nothing coercive. I know that you didn't do anything to cause it, but nobody else blinded you. So it's not like there's accountability to somebody. No one's accountable for that. Right, right. You can't pin that on somebody. Right. Right. So it's not coercive in the human to human relationship sense. If there are two podcasters that can't find an audience, is it moral to you like should their friends and family donate to them? Is that like the moral thing to do? If those friends if the friends and family want to see if the podcast gives them pleasure and enjoyment Uh and they want to see it thrive, sure. But only for themselves. Only for they should want to see it do well. Should we set up a nonprofit? Yeah. We are now <laughs> announcing on episode 51 that we are a 501c3. Yeah, we <laughs> gave up on the for-profit thing, but send us money, please. Anyway, look, I'm not saying I'm fully on it on every way. I'm trying yeah. my best to channel well, right, that's But the, it makes yeah, you that's think. It just makes you that's think because argument. her arguments were very radical and also very prophetic at the time in her novels. Like she painted a dystopia in a lot of her novels of what, the, what life looked like. That now you see a lot of it in the way that – like when I read Atlas Shrugged and I finished it, I was like – it like it was a life it was a mind changing book it was a life altering yeah, book the fountainhead uh, you read that and well, then you I watch did, the I news and everything and your whole perspective my whole perspective changed when I read yeah. that book yeah. um, so I don't know how we got into that but I think Mr. Beast's Mr. Beast Mr. Beast's like doing this and getting something for it troubles people in that like or his motives like his sort of profit driven growth driven motive. This video would go super viral. Not these people need to be helped, and yeah. I, we don't know what's in his head or in his heart. I would think it's probably a combination of both. You think it's probably more like I just need to make a viral video. It's He's, a good I idea. Mean, I mean, we know what's in his head because he said he th- he thinks twenty. He said it's, he says I think twenty four seven every t- every minute I'm awake I think about how to get more views on YouTube. That's yeah. what I, that's what I am created for. That's what I do. That's what he thinks about. And I understand that. Yeah, and he found a way to do it. And uh, um, yeah, a lot of people... Uh, and the things, also, the, when the things are being bumped into less, which is good. What things? things? Whatever things are being bumped into. Oh, by blind polls, people. By, yeah. by the blind people. I just mean it's... I found the outrage to be kind of, kind of hilarious and revealing yeah. in different ways. But you actually sure. pointed something out I didn't think about, which is like, where did this idea source from? And that's what's troubling people. Um, it doesn't really trouble me. I sort of get it, but at the end of the day, the juice is worth the squeeze. The ends justify the means, whatever you want to call it. The payoff, the good, the net good that comes from this, from the small, like, mixed motivation that some people might find issue with, it's so disproportionately on the side of good that he's he's doing a good, he's amplifying a good deed for so many people to see that's inspiring and moving and compelling. A thousand people actually get cured of blindness. It's hard to argue with that. Like in terms of pros like and cons. A, it kind of looks like a goat, you know, like a kind of like a de- like a satanic sort of figure. Doesn't Oh, he, he does. He a little bit, now that I think about it. He's got like kind of like like an and, Well, he always has this expression like the omen, right? Like Yeah, and he's he got like kind of like a billy goat sort of like like fishing nah. situation. Isn't a goat yeah. a satanic animal? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. The mark of the it's beast, like, like the, it's a goat, head of a goat. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You want to end there? 
<laughs> Maybe. Oh, just what one recommendation for you yeah. and for um, uh, watch the Louis C.K. interview with Theo Vaughn. Uh huh. It's I, I. It's so so good. So so. Good. I saw him praising the clip you sent me. Which yeah, yeah I said yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm in the middle of of the full episode now, mm-hmm. and Theo Vaughn is like a really uh, wild interviewer, mm-hmm. and wa- watching Louis C.K. sort of slowly understand where he is. And com- the, conversation, he was really- the conversation they have is really, really, really awesome. I, Talk about gotta, stand-up. A lot of awesome conversation about stand-up. I got to watch really that. awesome. And I love that really Louis, he is a stranger to Louis, which is interesting. Yeah, yeah. Louis does not know yeah. who he is, which is cool. Exactly, exactly. Um, and then he's like, he I was exhausted after a show, and I just put this on to listen. I was like, all right, let me just see a little. And he's dying. <laughs> yeah, he's dying. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, and I've also never watched an interview, a full interview by Theo Vaughn before. I've only seen, like, real uh, TikToks. Mm-hmm. And the way, so it's also me understanding who Theo Vaughn is. And he's, he's yeah. like, uncomfortable. It's, like, it's a, an, an interesting interview style. Oh, nice. Have you, ever, have you ever watched the full thing? I've watched long enough clips, but, no. like, where he's just like, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, no, like- well, yeah, like, no, well, it's it's the in-between. Like, the, the clips are the clips, but then after the clip, there's, like, this moment of, like, all right, what happens next? And Theo I watched the like, inf- Yeah, I watched the infamous Bill Burr, Theo Vaughn interview. Did you ever watch that? No. Oh, yeah, you told me about it. You told me about I it. I mean, Bill Burr was n- seemingly not getting it. Mm-hmm. And... They cleared it up afterwards, and they cleared the air, and Bill Burr said, that's just my style. But when you're watching it, it's hard to believe. He really just seems like, I'm not down yeah. to play with you right now. Right, right. So Lucy K is, like, he's very kind. Because, like, mm-hmm. it's like, you have to, like, he's so, like, uh, sensitive and, like, sweet, Theo Vaughn. Ooh, Theo, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and he'll just, like, in, in between topics, he'll be like, yeah, I like to think about, like, what it was like to grow up. And like, and, and you could think he's fuck. He's kind of like fucking with you if you're not yeah. like, if you're not in on it. But like, right. he's. I don't think he is. He's just sort of like. That's just sort of how he thinks, and he's yeah. and he's simple. He's right. simple in that yes. way. So so yeah. Lucy K is like kind of listening. Like, okay, okay, I'm gonna go with this. Yeah. I'm gonna go with this. And, I gotta watch and, it. and lean into it. But I could see how if you're not into it, you're like. I just Bro, saw is this an act. What's going on here? Yeah, on that no, on the Louis C.K. note, because he's like when I, you know, I love. I'm really, it's really interesting to see Louis' persona now on podcasts, where he was mm-hmm. always sort of in entertainment mode, entertainment mode before, like there's the before like cancellation Louis and after, and mm-hmm. I think when he was like brought down a little bit or like whatever, and then has been making the comeback, he's much more just like, in this sort of honest, like, vulnerable version of himself where he's just and talking vulgar also he's less vulgar now i think i think no? i think in his interviews he, he doesn't sort of have to be as like like mainstream palpable so like but in he, a way he he's not of... like out there shock value making jokes and kibitzing he's more like yeah i really feel like and he's like he's in a different way more revealing mm-hmm. well i guess it's hard to say i didn't really listen to him on podcasts during his the height of his, he popularity. would go on Opie and Anthony a lot and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. and if you listen, it's, never, it's like yeah. you're, it's like it's not. He's not doing stand up, but he's like he's really kibitzing and it's funny. Mm-hmm. Like you know, you're saying, you're like, saying during his popularity or now? Yes, at the height and before, as height. on the come okay. up. Yeah, he was like yeah. talking about how he hates his kids. He would talk about that stuff. Yeah, sarcastically, so, he was very tongue in cheek, and this is not yeah. tongue in cheek. A lot of his stuff, it's right, very right, like right. serious. They they had a very uh, tender conversation about masturbation, 
which which is kind of shocking because that's his whole yeah. the whole controversy yeah. the whole thing he did around. with Theo Vaughn talks about masturbation for like 20 minutes about mm. how he feels about it and how mm. he thinks about it and what it means wow. to him <laughs> I can't I can't believe it didn't go like super viral it might. I can't believe I came across um, a clip on my feed today of him from Chrissy Chris Stefano's the Stefano's uh, podcast the Chrissy Chaos oh he was on that yeah so he was on that and it might be coming out or it might be old I don't know what I don't know what with but the, they asked with the, impractical, with the impractical jokers guy yeah Sal Volcano yeah, everything. Sal, yeah, yeah. he's like yeah um yeah, so it was just a clip, and somebody, like, it was a bonus question. Someone from behind the camera was asking him about, what's your take on, like, the content cycle? And, like, comedians constantly feeling like they have to post. They have to post to keep up with the algorithm. Mm -hmm. And we have to watch the clip because I agree with some of it, and I disagree with other parts of it, where he basically goes, like, he's shitting on this whole, na like, notion of having to, he's like, what is the algorithm? He, I, I see a lot of comics run into this, and it's, it's, it's awful. It's a terrible thing what's happening with content, the content cycle. Because mm -hmm. what, what they're doing is they're trying to appease, and writing, they're writing their jokes, and they're trying to appease a machine. They're not even going after people. They're going after a machine. And, like, what is that? That's nothing. Who cares what that is? Um, at the same time, like, I took issue with the idea that there's always this, this inclination for entertainers, creators, artists, comedians who came up doing it a certain way with certain methodology mm -hmm. to sort of shit on the way people are doing it now and mm -hmm. say, like, that's not the way to do it. I can't believe they're doing it that way now. It's like you, do, you use the tools you have access to. And I think we would, if I was in the room with Louis, like, I'd, we'd find agreement because he also posts all over TikTok and Instagram. He has somebody doing it. He says at the end, I have somebody doing it. But all they do is post clips of the specials. So I think what he's saying is don't water down what you're posting to appeal to the mm -hmm. algorithm. Like, you can post, but make sure it's your, your, you're focusing on your craft and then yeah. sharing it. He, I think that's well, what he's he really doesn't getting. Have, he doesn't have internet on his phone. He's, he's pretty into being unplugged yeah. from, right. from feedback. Like, right. stop, getting, stop getting feedback from everything everywhere. All but I his take being so negative on it and not not up yeah, not optimistic yeah. about it, I found to be a little bit like, well, you know, it's easy for you. To, I know, like he's been in the game a long time, but you had to do for your sure. things too. But we all have our our things, and like, I don't know, like that. Yeah. Maybe Chris wouldn't be talking to Louis yeah. in that podcast if Chrissy yeah. wasn't posting content it, daily. I think it's <laughs> also a misunderstanding to say you're feeding a machine. The algorithm's not a machine. It's like yeah. it's based on on reception of the content from you people. Put out. From audiences, so it's not. But what really he's also like, saying is like what happens to me sometimes, and creators who are just like, "Oh, I got to do this now because I have to post this every day because it's trending. I have to go after what's trending. I have to stay within these four topics." And I never, I try not to think like that. It's not usually my instinct to say, "What's trending on TikTok now? Let me do that." I try to just do what I think is funny, not at random. I'm a little sometimes yeah. calculated of what I'm going to go after, but he's my trying to issue, say like, "Yeah." My issue is more like is you're as like an artist your your output your output is going to follow whatever your artistic and creative output is but it, it it can start to get shaped by the output that the algorithm yeah. demands from you that's i right. think that's what bothers me more than than you than necessarily shaping the content towards for it. example what something goes viral so yeah, you're like i got to do that no no like the frequency like you may not be able to put something out every day as as a, as a comedian like it may not come out of you that way but it, it has to start coming out of you that way if you want to be fit, if you want success in on social media. Yeah. So 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 you so you may start like messing with your internal rhythms, whereas like maybe you need two weeks and then 
you know, blow it all out for two weeks on the stage. Maybe that's how you right. work. But maybe but that, like, maybe forcing yourself into uncomfortable methodologies is good for you as a creative, yeah. not a negative. You know, it's not watering yeah. you down. It's improving your skill set. It's it's opening you up. It's right. an argument too. Right, right, right. He was a little privileged to come up at a time where you could take your time and, and do that. Or that that's what was expected of you. But he makes a good point too, where he's like, I had to do it too in my own way where I had to pitch something and then water it down to get through the gatekeepers and appeal to the executives. And then at the end, you make something and it's shitty because they had all their input and you changed it and now it's not good. And he said when he made Lucky Louie, his show, he, a friend of his just told him, look, they're not going to pick it up anyway. So just make whatever you want. You have the opportunity now to make the show, make the pilot, do whatever you want because they're not going to pick it up anyway. If you listen to all their notots, they're not going to pick it up because they're going to be like, this isn't funny because they because mm -hmm. then you make what they made, not what you made. So I thought that was interesting too. But at the end of the day, like, I don't think Chris would be sitting there talking to Louie if not for the right. social media that he's been utilizing to get bigger. So yeah. how could you shit on the very thing that's allowing you to be where you are? Not it's Louis little, per se, but it's, it's like you have to take that into thing. account. Yeah, a, a little bit, yeah. Thing. And I, I, yeah, I think Tim, that's... Yeah. Tim? Yeah. No, 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 Tim Dillon, I think, talks really well about how to use social media and, and all that. And, and But also Louis, like, like you said, he's going on all these podcasts. Mm -hmm. He's doing all these YouTube videos, so he's he's engaging in it fully, you know. Yeah, so I think bit, he was. He was. I think he might be. If we, if you narrowed it down, there's a specific instinct that develops or habit that develops in a comedian per se. For example, because he's talking about comedians, where they say, "Okay, I have to post today," and like I'm, I'm like you know, TikTok has become my master. I have to serve it in order to grow, right. so I have to do that. And he's like, "What do you mean you have to post? What do you mean?" What do you mean you have to post today? Who's demanding that of you? Mm -hmm. Who? The algorithm? Like, and we've spoken about that, like this feeling of having to do that. Yeah. And so there's something there, but that's just you being like, okay, I don't want to burn out. Let me just take a minute. You don't have to. You don't have to. But mm -hmm. showing up consistently on these platforms is, I think, benefited more than hurt because it, it's a tool that didn't exist before. And otherwise mm -hmm. you had to do what he did, which took him 25 years. So I think maybe there's a part of it there where a lot of, seasoned experienced comics who've had success he ends the, i gotta show you the clip he ends the clip by saying and the problem is like i i've been doing this for 38 years and i didn't really start nothing started happening until about 25 years in <laughs> so my 25th mm -hmm. year that's when things started happening it's a really hard long that shitty that's good. <laughs> good hard yeah it's a really hard <laughs> Long, <laughs> shitty road. It's a shitty road. And guess what? After 25 <laughs> years, it sometimes ends badly and nothing happens. In my case, it did happen. And then sometimes it doesn't work out. But yeah. you don't find out. It's the same road. You don't find out till you get to the end of the road. And sometimes it works like it did for me. And then other times you're like, no, you failed. <laughs> and I'm just like, well, Louis, maybe with the new yeah. advent of social media, it doesn't have to be that way. <laughs> But he said that very honestly at the end. He ended badly. And then Chris Estefano said, okay, so anyway, post to the algorithm. Make sure everyone's posting. Have a good night, everybody. They had a funny <laughs> ending to it. He's like, it's a shitty, long, shitty, awful, shitty, hard road. And at the end of 25 years, for some of us, it works. And for some of us, it doesn't. <laughs> um, and so he kind of defeats his whole point at the end, too. So I thought yeah. that was funny. I, yeah, there's there's an impression in there somewhere. He said to Bert Kreischer uh, that yeah. it it only he said by the time he started making the the types of jokes that he got famous for, he had completely given up on being famous. Yeah, he, yeah, like, yeah. I saw that. Sure, what he sure wasn't happening for him. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I'm here to help other people get famous. That's that's what I do. Yeah, Chris Rock. Right, right. They also passed help, help 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 them. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. People, people who he who started after him got bigger before him. I mean, yeah. it, it it shows you about persistence and stuff. But then you see like people in his position and others in that world who are like seeing newer comics come up faster, and they're like, "What the hell? No, that's not how it's supposed to go." So there's a little yeah. bit of a, you know, a bitterness mm -hmm. or resentment there. I'm not saying he's doing that, but there I sense some of it where they're like, "I don't know." And, like, he's in a position now, like, yeah, he's posting clips of specials because he makes specials for the garden. That's his content, and he's at that level. He's not making stuff in his room to try to get an audience. Yeah. Um, so, anyway. Fuck him. Fuck Louis. <laughs> I I he's the best stand-up. He's one of the best stand-ups, and he's been a I great really, guest. I him. really want to buy his new, uh, special? his new special on his website. Yeah, sorry. The garden one? Joe Rogan. No, Joe Rogan said sorry was really, really good. Oh. Uh. Yeah. And I think he's up for a Grammy tonight. That's tonight, right? Should a we see Grammy? if you Yeah, for best like comedy album. Oh, I didn't realize it's in the category. Uh, yeah, he won. I think he won last year. Should we see if he won? I don't know. That would be interesting. Lewis? I guess not. Let's see. Comedy. But it all comes from a good place. He loves comedy. He loves the art. He loves the craft. And he doesn't want to see it watered down because people are desperate for attention, which I get. You know? Yeah. Hold on. I just want to see if I can get this. I can't. I'm not going to get it. Never mind. But anyway, um, Chris Rock apparently also has a special coming out. And uh, like Tom Segura yeah, was talking about how he went to, to it live. Fire. He yeah. said it's the, it's the best he's ever been. It's amazing. Everyone's saying that. He just got divorced. I wonder if that has anything to do with no, that was out of the house. That was like two specials ago when he got divorced. Oh, really? I think so. Uh, I watched an old interview with him and Kevin Hart then. Mm-hmm. All these, because all, all these guys, their kids are growing up now. Their kids are in college, yeah. they, and they're like back at it. They're like hitting the club every night. Bert Kreischer said to Louis, "Like you made like dad comedy cool. Like you could talk about this and still be really funny, which is yeah. funny." Yeah, um, really. Yeah, he was. I didn't realize he had a kid when he was eighteen. Who? Bert Kreischer. Oh, is that he what said, he said? He said in that clip, he said he had a kid, a kid in like uh, high school or college he, with like, his wife. He said, with his current I don't know wife. I don't know with who, but he said oh. he he's he's like I thought my life was over. He's like I was really bummed about it. He said that, wow. kind of fucked up. Um, yeah, and then I guess he went to college for eight years or something. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> he was in college. I don't know what it was, but um, yeah, something like that. Maybe I completely oh. misunderstood it. That's possible too. Interesting. He I say he has a movie coming out. The trailer. Oh, and we gotta talk about you people also. Maybe we'll talk about you people with our next guest. I don't know if she, yeah, I'll have to see. Because it's a little bit of Did a, you finish it? I didn't watch it, though. I'm still Should in the I? middle of it. Uh -huh. uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love to, I'd like to hear your opinion about it. Okay. I, uh, it's I, a I movie could, on Netflix. I, it's like number one in like think, every country in the world. Is it, I mean, I don't know. You don't, you can, I can Is it watch good? It. I think it's a, uh, I think it's a bad movie. <laughs> Our boy is in it. <laughs> yeah, Schultz? Andrew Schultz. I f I feel bad saying that because I wanna I, I wanna see him succeed. Is he a main character in it? No, I don't even think he has a speaking part. He's in oh, he's he, in he like uh, Jonah Hill goes to goes to the Vegas. Yeah, and like he's part he's like part of the crew that like pops bottles and like uh -huh. goes to a strip club. So he's a, um, he has a scene or whatever. I don't know. I haven't seen yeah, he's in a scene, um, which is cool. Got me thinking about it. Well, his new he's just switched to CAA. Andrew Schultz. He's like mm. he's in the mix now. Mm -hmm. Of like Sam J also, I guess is like they're like mm -hmm. they're getting they're getting like placed. 
They're mm-hmm. in the, they're in the, sure. they're in, that's where, that's where you got ecosystem, be. that ecosystem. Yeah. I'm right. sure it was intentional. I think he was like, I want to be in movies. I want to yeah. like get a little, but he kept saying, I, can't act. I don't act. I don't act. He said that I'm packing. I don't want to act. <laughs> yeah. But they're calling him out on that too. The, on movies, the movies, like, uh, there's some parts of it. You're just like, Oh, um, okay. Anyway, but I want, I, I'm curious to hear what you think about it. Uh, just as a movie, forget about the black Jewish thing. Just as a yeah. movie. Right, where you're just like, that needs, that wasn't a finished writing, written part. Yeah, there's like a pickup basketball scene where like, you're like, I, I like, just doesn't, it's not, didn't mm-hmm. work. It's not, yeah. It's not a movie <laughs> scene. <laughs> right. <laughs> I gotta um, see. Yeah. It seems like I'll, I, it's predictable to me. I, it feels like it's going to be very predictable, exactly what it's going to be. Like, I feel like I know exactly what points they're going to try to illustrate. Yeah. And... The what position joke. the mo- what position the movie's gonna take? Yeah, um, it's the same joke over and over. I, I have a feeling they had like issues editing it. There were some mm-hmm. like parts of it where like you're like, oh, okay, I guess I guess they're engaged now. They didn't show it, but I guess they're oh. engaged. Okay, like oh, things like that. Like we're just sort of like making story these wise might be all over the place, but also like yeah. yeah. Is the racial points that they make in the subtext, or is it just like okay, let's make our racial points now? <laughs> Like our, you know, black Jewish um, scene points. Here it is, like you know, as opposed to it, like being, being part of the story, like it, like you know, just in your face. I saw a scene, you know, where they're at it's dinner. It's both. It's both. You know, um, it's both. But I have to it's see it. My, yeah, yeah, you gotta see it. You gotta yeah. see it. It like, um, it was at once like a lot smarter and a lot stupider than 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 I expected it to be. Interesting. And you're not yeah. even finished because it's boring. I'm not even finished. <laughs> I'll finish it. <laughs> All right, All Michael. Right. Well, that's a good wrap up on episode fifty-one. An hour and twenty minutes on Riverside. Mm. Stay tuned for guests coming up on next week's episodes on Buckle Up. We are approaching our second fifty episodes, twenty twenty-three. Nice conversation, Michael. I appreciate it. This was fun. The Patreon of the. All the way. All the way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>